We're going at it at 110%. I just want five minutes of happiness, please. Just give me five minutes. And they did it! They did it! What the fuck? What the hell was that? Oh yeah! What the fuck are you talking about? It's Monday Night Sports Hounds live exclusively on A2D Radio. He's Brad Ryer. I'm Rob Brinkman. Frank Frank Vespi producing the show like he does each and every Monday. Streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Download us, stream, like, subscribe, scare. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, Takeover Talk. We're absolutely everywhere. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Download, share, subscribe. Turn those notifications on so you don't miss anything. A2D related. As always, we're brought to you by our doc, Make Them Yours Too, specialized physical therapy, two convenient locations in Burlington and Sherry Hill. Like I said, he's our doc here at A2D Radio, Make Them Yours Too. We're also brought to you by Body Check Wellness, a line of products that promote wellness, balance, and recovery by using the full potential of hemp, extracts, blends, gummies, and topicals. A2D is your promo code to get 25% off. Look out for Riley Cote. Once a month, exclusively on A2D Radio with the Hockey Happy Hour. Of course, a former flyer. Really nice guy. A guy that me and Brad have interviewed uh, a few years back as well. He's got a lot of great insight. Maybe you can shed some light on what is going on with the Flyers right now. The trade deadline is looming in the NHL. The Flyers are on the ice right now playing the Boston Bruins. We got the Phillies in action. We got the Mets in action. We got the Yankees in action. The Phillies and Mets are playing each other which is always fun. Jacob DeGrom's on the hill. This is actually the Mets' first game. This is their opening day, so probably a little extra juice on the on the Mets' side of things. Phillies obviously get a huge, huge sweep over the Atlanta Braves over the weekend, a team that I think is, is a very good baseball team. I was very impressed with the, with the Phillies over the weekend. They did a nice job. They really did. Uh, they beat three really good pitchers. The bullpen looked okay. I, I, I'd like to see the basket going a little bit here, but um, – you know, they they faced three good pitchers uh, against the Braves, and now obviously you're facing DeGrom tonight. So you just got to bide your time until you can get hot. We well, have been traded. take a lot of pitches, Rob, and try to get him out of the game by the sixth inning so you can get him – so you can get the, into the Mets bullpen. You, you don't want this guy – you don't want this guy going out there and giving you, set, you know, six-plus six uh, innings because if, if he does, you're going to have a hard time scoring. And, you know, the Mets, that's obviously their uh, – their weak point. It was their weak point last year. I'm not in love with their bullpen. I think it's going to keep them out of the playoffs. Bryce Harper's at the dish right now against Jacob Degrom, two titans of their own their industries, respectively. Uh, we had a big trade today in the NFL. Brad Sam Darnold goes from the New York Jets to the Carolina Panthers. A sixth round pick, a second round pick, and a future fourth round pick. I so, believe the second and the fourth. Or for next season, and the sixth is this season, is is this draft. So only one, only one for this year. One pick this much, year, yeah. It pretty much locks the Jets in at, at two, and from what I from what I've heard, it sounds like it's yeah. going to be Wilson. So Wilson. So that means probably probably the three top picks in the draft are going to be quarterbacks. Right. So, so all those I mean, all those receivers are going to be. Uh, are going to be sitting there waiting for uh, a lot of teams to try to pick. So uh, we'll, 
Atlanta might pick a might pick a, a quarterback too, Rob. I, I don't think they're going to get a receiver. I don't know if I'm. Uh, I mean, Matt Ryan, far from their problem. We'll see what they do. But, yeah, but they're I mean, old. Uh, he's he's getting old. They do need to get. They do need to uh, start looking at the future of their team. I mean, he's not young anymore. It's true. So we'll digest that. Obviously, the Giants. They pick tenth. The Cowboys eleventh. The Eagles pick twelfth uh, with their trade back. And you know, it pains me to say it because I know I kind of I kind of blew a gasket when when they traded back because I I still don't I'm still not in love with the move move but now that we're looking at unless I don't know anything about the NFL like San Francisco doesn't make that move to pick a position guy they're going to pick their quarterback because they're not in love with Jimmy Garoppolo. No, they're going to so, probably go pick Fields probably. So now that. You know, we got three quarterbacks probably flying off the board first. How we might have made it made made the right decision to to trade back like that. It looks like they might. They're going to get a position get player. They're going to get as far as the receivers. You know, Sertan is going to be is going to be one of those top players too. So I mean, at this point, you're probably you're probably going to be in a situation where the where the Eagles can get one of the top one of those top receivers, you know, whether it's the tight end or any of the uh, big time receivers, they're going to get one of those guys. And so, so might the giants, if the giants decide that that's where they want to go, you know, there's at this point, I think 12 is probably as far back as it goes. If you want to get the uh, top notch uh, receiver, you know, and so they may have actually done the right thing this time. And you know, I still don't. I still don't put it past them to move back up the board. Maybe a trade with Atlanta. Maybe a trade with Cincinnati at five. Anything you know, to uh, jump up and get a quarterback because I still maintain that they don't believe in Jalen Hurts. You don't accumulate these assets if you have your franchise quarterback. You accumulate assets so you can go out and get your franchise quarterback. I, I believe that the NFL. Are, there's two types of teams in the NFL. Teams that have their franchise quarterback that they're building around and teams that are looking for their franchise quarterback. When you accumulate assets the way the Eagles are, do- are doing in the manner in which they did so in their trade with the Miami Dolphins, it screams to me that they don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I don't blame them for not believing Jalen Hurts because I don't believe in Jalen Hurts. But, you know, you can't just keep kicking the can down the road at the quarterback position and be successful in this league. No, it's quarterback. You got You got to pick it. You got to pick a guy and, and go with them. Yeah, it's a quarterback and, driven league, and you've and, and it's a pass driven league as well. So you've really got to go with that and, uh, and see then, what it takes you. Because what I was scared was going to happen was they were going to their Phillies or Degrom retires the Phillies. He walked Harper. Uh, seems like uh, looks like yeah, and Matt Moore sat sat him down in order in the first inning. So there you know, so was a pitchers duel there at Citizens Bank Park. But what I was scared was going to happen was the run on quarterbacks wasn't going to happen. Every every mock draft pushes these quarterbacks up the draft, even the ones that aren't good. And you know, I think, if, the, first, I think the first three that are going to get drafted, I think they all on paper seem to look pretty good to me. So maybe maybe Howie was right, and I've read that I've read that San Francisco loves this Mac Jones guy out of Alabama. Which, yeah, well, you're trading, if yeah, you're trading yeah, that many assets for Mac Jones, be, I can't say be, that I, I agree fields. with that could at all. Be, could be Fields too. 
Fields has the tools. He has a lot of tools. Yeah. More so than Mac Jones. I mean, he's six three. I, I agree, but I mean, either either way, I think we know San Francisco is going to go ahead and draft a quarterback. That's that's the only reason they would make that kind of a trade. You don't make those kind of trades unless you're going up, moving up to get a quarterback. And then uh, I guess Brad, that I'm going to have to be the voice of reason yet again in Sixers land about Ben Simmons and this team's recent struggles and like. I get it. You got to win these games against Memphis and, and teams like that because you want to be the number one seed because you don't want to play Milwaukee in the second round. But you're I but you're resting, you're resting Joel Embiid, okay? So you're basically you're basically uh, you know almost throwing the game away when you do that. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, the Sixers have done a great job when he's not been playing. I mean, no question. But I mean, you know, there comes a point where. There comes a point where if Simmons has an off night, which he did yesterday, they're going to lose. And, you know, unfortunately, they ran into a, a team that, that shot well and defended well, and they finally lost the game. I mean, listen, Brooklyn lost uh, in Chicago yesterday. Now, albeit they didn't have Harden or Durant. By the way, from what I understand, and I don't know this yet because I don't have that game on TV yet, but the – uh Brooklyn Nets supposedly are going to be playing Durant, Harden, and uh, and Irving. Of course, the Knicks have to freaking get have to be the ones to have to. Yeah, the scapegoat, the scapegoat for the uh, experiment there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucky them. I mean, they couldn't wait wait one more game before they do that. They just, you know, what they hate the Knicks. They they and they love to rub it in their faces. I really hope the Knicks rub it in their faces tonight. Well, he got away. We'll say it, and we'll talk about it more in detail they, later they in the show. If there's time, there is not a doubt. There is not a doubt in my mind that the Sixers are going to represent the Eastern Conference oh, in I the NBA Finals. Be, I think there should be two major doubts in your mind: the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. But I'm not even. Uh, no, no there, there is not a doubt much, in my you mind. You don't have the talent that Brooklyn has. You do not have that kind of talent on your team. The only way you beat them is if you totally outwork them, which you might. I mean, that it's possible. But they're going to outwork him. They're going to outcoach him. They're going to hit him in the mouth on the defensive end of the floor, and they're going to go home like little bitches. It's exactly what's going to happen. I've yeah, said it a bunch of times. Play? Is MB going to play, or is MB going to play, or is he going to be? Is he going to pull his? Uh, He's going to play. He hyperextended his knee. It happens. He's always doing something, Rob. He's always hurt. Well, I mean, he's, he's the, really he was the best player. Hurt. He was the best player on the planet before he got hurt. So. You know, I don't know about that. I don't know he about was. that. He was. You're not watching? Lucas is just as good as it. Luka Doncic is just as good as it. Um, He's just as unstoppable. Perhaps. But, I mean, look, is Ben Simmons frustrating sometimes? Yeah, he's frustrating sometimes. He, he doesn't strike me as the type of player that, that loves the game of basketball. Yeah, but he and plays. That's, that's, how, many, how many guys – how many guys can you get that's also a defensive ace that distributes the basketball? Not many, not okay. many, which so, is I mean, why I'm, I'm very pro Ben. And I, I, I continue to be pro Ben through his offensive funks that he seems why do you to think, go through. Why do you think a guy like Rajon Rondo continues to get jobs, Rob? Why do you think he gets he plays defense? Because he plays great defense and he's a distributor. You know, and what like I, mean? I get it. He's got to have more than 12 points, especially with Joel and beat out. But yeah, like, again, Again, the only thing that matters as far as that team is concerned 
is what happens uh, what happens in the playoffs. Regular season right now doesn't doesn't really mean anything anymore. Yeah, you'd like to finish first, so you don't have to play either either Brooklyn or uh, or Milwaukee in the uh, second round. I get it, I get it, and uh, I mean obviously, you, obvi- it's pretty obvious you want to do that. But I mean, it's not it's not worth tr- it's not worth getting somebody hurt. Uh, trying to get trying to get a ma- an easier matchup. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to beat one or two of those teams to represent the East. And whatever happens, happens. You know, you have to you have to trust your team. You think you're you think that the Sixers are the best team in the uh, East. It's not going to matter if they have to play Milwaukee or, or Brooklyn. If they're the best team, they're going to beat them both. If they're not, they won't. The same thing goes for Brooklyn. If Brooklyn if Brooklyn wants to. Uh, when they got to make sure all three of those guys are healthy. They're not now, gonna- if Joel Embiid, if Joel Embiid played last night against Memphis, and I watch what I watch, you know, I might be a little hot tonight. But well, I don't understand yeah. how anybody can get over the top frustrated with this basketball team any night that Joel Embiid's not playing. And like you said, they did a tremendous job without Joel Embiid. They, they did. I mean, what were you, what were they expecting to do without Joel Embiid? They they hung around. They're still tied for first place. Yeah, because I mean, the, the fan base got spoiled because they, they had a good road trip without Joel Embiid, and now they think whenever Joel Embiid's not in there, it's just going to be magic and they're going to play well. Like, no, no. If Joel Embiid, you can't adequately judge this team or be critical of this team in any game that Joel Embiid doesn't play. I'm not excusing Ben Simmons and his poor performance last night and the little funk that he's in. But if you're looking, if you you want to sit there and say Ben Simmons makes max money and he has to carry the team offensively, like that's not what he's going to do. It's not what he's going to do. You yeah, need to focus on what Ben Simmons can do. He's a distributor, but you know what? He's I can't think of too many teams who wouldn't want him in a in a heartbeat to 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 run their team. He's just not a shooter. That's all. All right, yeah, let's get to our poll. A lot. It, it, the only way he scores a lot is if. He can get out and transi- transition and dunk the ball. That's that's his that's his base. That's his best way to score. Yes, Doug Robbins Chase's picks were pretty solid. Pretty solid. Uh, ask him if he's got uh, Doug. Ask him if he's got a pick for tonight. We'll get into our poll question here. Our poll question uh, is brought to you by Sunrise Detox Center. If you need mental health therapy or addiction detox, call eight five six six five five eight one one seven. Tell them Tom Arnone and A2D Radio sent you. Uh, and uh, we are also, poll question also brought to you by Looking to Buy or Sell, look, uh, Alan Foy of EXP Realtor, 302-682-8820, alan.foy at exprealty.com. So big game tonight, national championship, the two best teams in the country after all the chaos of the bracket. It's Gonzaga, it's Baylor. For all the marbles, the you know, basically the two best teams are in the final. Yes, and that's that's the way I mean, it, that's the way it should be. Yeah, and that's I mean I mean in spite of all the upsets and everything that happened and all the all the uh, picks that we had that were going against the grain and trying to pick underdogs, basically the two best teams got it. So, so Gonzaga will win the national championship. Agree or disagree? I agree to the poll. And let me tell you something. This game is even half as good as the Gonzaga-UCLA game from Saturday evening. Uh, we're in for quite a treat tonight. Uh, that game was – UCLA, what a story. I mean, they almost went from – they went first four to final four 
the almost national championship game. Uh, miracle. Mean, they really, they really came close. I mean, my goodness gracious. I mean, you're, you're a 12 seed and you <laughs> – unbelievable. I mean, if, if Gonzaga wins the championship, which I think they will uh, tonight, I mean, UCLA should really be proud of themselves. They really they, – they've laid the foundation for that program to be a top program again. No question. Well, yeah, I mean, Mick Cronin, I mean, he kind of finally gets out of the funk because he had some good teams at Cincinnati. Couldn't really get over the hump. He gets hired at UCLA, and in just his second season – yeah, you know, he gets him to the final four. So, well, listen, all Rob, the beach, UCLA, the beach, the sunshine, sunshine, and UCLA winning. I mean, UCLA that's going to open the floodgates. UCLA has the history. You know, they they were they were and they were an iconic program for a long time, back in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. I mean, they were that was an iconic program under John Wooden. But they just haven't haven't been able to capture the magic again. But that was they came close this year. You know what? Again. They, that's a place where anybody who knows anything about basketball would want their kid to play. So, I mean, you know, if, especially if they're back on top again. So I like, I like Zaga. I don't see how you can go out and lose after that game. I mean, they got to be riding such a, a, a emotional hot streak that I think they win. I have Gonzaga minus four and a half. Um, I like, I like the pick. Baylor's very good. Baylor's very well coached. Scott Drew's a good coach. They have they can player score after too. player, eight, nine deep. Uh, the matchup that I'll be watching is, well, first off, the way Gonzaga plays basketball, if you're a fan of like X and O basketball, the team is just not going to run and gun and shoot threes all the time. Gonzaga's your team. They have they, they play so crisp in the half in their half-court sets. They they cut. They they get a lot of layups. They pass the ball extremely well. Timmy is is great down low, and he can hit threes. Jalen Suggs is probably going to be, if not the top pick, the second pick in the draft. Certainly a top five. Well, pick. Let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, okay? As an undefeated college team, okay, do you think this plays on them a little bit? Does this put extra pressure on them? Do you think? No, uh, it's tough to know their psyche. But I think fuel have them ready to go because I don't think I don't think they were prepared to get hit in the mouth by UCLA in that first half on Saturday night. I think that's why that that game was so close. So, you know, and then they were probably smelling themselves a little bit because you know they're beating teams by twenty points for months and months. So they were due to get hit in the mouth. But I mean, no, I don't think every the undefeated factor. Every champion has their one moment of truth. You know, it seems, especially in the NCAA tournament, every champion seems to have that one moment of truth before they get to the finals. And even in in, in the last in the last game, they they all seem to have their moment of truth. And you know, the what the champions always seem to manage to win the, win the moment of truth and then win the championship. You ever if you ever notice, I mean, that just seems to be a trend always in that tournament. And Baylor, uh, they're deep, they're well coached, they shoot a lot of threes. Gonzaga's pretty good at defending the perimeter, so I think that that gives the Zags a little bit of a leg up. That's why I like Gonzaga. They're also a little taller, too, I believe. Yeah, uh, they're more uh, – Baylor's more of, like, athletic swing-type guys. Um, but the skill, the basketball skill of Gonzaga, 
is just unbelievable. And you have Jalen Suggs, who's just unbelievable. He has the half-court shot on Saturday night. Uh, he's going to be a top three pick in the draft, upcoming draft. So that's your superstar. He can go get you one when you need it, play an iso ball and, and create his own shot. Uh, Timmy can too, but I, I don't know. I just think Gonzaga is too much for Baylor tonight. Tell us what you think in the chat. Uh, exit off that chat. If you watch on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Tell us what you think about the game tonight. There's Frank. Frank knows. Frank's got. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching the game tonight uh, after I get a good glimpse of the Phillies. Um, you know, to answer the poll, I do agree to the poll. Um, you know, I mean, leading up to this finals matchup, I, I know I I know I had Houston winning winning the tourney, but man, Gonzaga's too good. This is probably one of the best squads that the Zags have ever put out since they became that mid-major team to watch in college basketball. I mean, very talented team. You know, they've won all their games except for that game against UCLA by double digits. And and I said in the comments of uh, Money Pop Podcast on, on Friday that UCLA might cause a few fits early on that early on in that game. Um, but it, it happened. UCLA caused the fits. They they challenged the Zags. To the wire, amazing shot by Jalen Suggs, by the way. Um, but I, I do see this as a win for the Zags. I think they're going to rebound it quite well. Um, I'm not going to say by double digits, but we're, I'm probably going to see like a seven, maybe eight point victory. I'll, I'll definitely take the spread on that one for the Zags. Um, and also shout out to the Money Pot Podcast. Uh, they they hit the Baylor prediction amazingly well I mean, Baylor, Baylor embarrassed at Houston yeah Houston, I, I, didn't, Houston. I expected to get I didn't expect a, a, a drubbing I thought I thought the game was going to be close um but ba Baylor pulled all, pulled all the stops on Houston so I'll definitely give Baylor a lot of credit I mean they ended my Cinderella run for Houston and winning a bunch of bracket pools but um but I, I like that wasn't I, even close I mean, yeah it Baylor wasn't even just close totally yeah. embarrassed them like I think it was Davion Davion Mitchell got hot right out of the gate. They they got so hot right out of the gate. It was just so tough for Houston to to claw back. And that's another reason because like you win that game by so much. I mean you mm -hmm. can only go down. Right. And from I think a that's betting the other... from a betting standpoint. Yeah, like, exactly. It's yeah. like what did what did uh, Gonzaga beat USC by? How many in the Elite Eight? Like yeah, it, 15, yeah. 20 points. Yeah. Then you you come back and you, you struggle. You're never as good or as bad as your as, as your right. last game. Exactly. And props to US, UCLA with that with that amazing run. I mean Yeah, and they're gonna they're yeah. gonna be a factor exactly. for years with Cronin. Because now that now the floodgates are open from a recruiting standpoint. Exactly. And I think back. I think that run, UCLA is gonna be back, and especially the next couple of years when you know the NBA draft is gonna be opening up to high schoolers. Is is that gonna drive away some of that high school talent to go go to college like UCLA? Oh I, I mean I think UCLA is gonna I mean, listen, historically speaking, UCLA has exactly. had so many legendary players go there. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, and, and most of these kids, their parents know that. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, you know, you got the guys, guys like Kareem and Walton, just to name a couple. Exactly. You know, sue the Silk Jamal Wilkes, remember him? Yeah. Ke I mean, Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook. I mean, yeah, they went they went to all yeah. them Final Fours. Yeah. Yeah. They do three in a row. You could go, yeah. yeah, you could go on and on and on. Exactly. I mean, they, they're, they're, they've been they've been a terror for – they were a terror for a long time. Mm -hmm. Legendary program. So and that was uh, that was Ben Howland, right? Again, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean they they went to three straight Final Fours and they didn't win one Final Four game in the stretch. Right, it was rather unbelievable. But I mean, to get there three years in a row was unbelievable. But mm -hmm. I think the Pac-12 is. I mean, we all it, talked a bunch of nonsense on the Pac-12. Yeah, in, and, in the bracket show yeah. and how they weren't that good, and then they have three of the Elite Eight. Yeah, and grab one of the final four. <laughs> it's impressive, and I mean, uh, that USC coach from Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, I mean he's he's getting guys. So he's getting I mean, guys, and USC they they might have a they have a top three guy in Evan Mobley. <laughs> I mean, I know I know we all rag on Evan Mobley Mobley, but we know he's going to be a top top three pick in this year's upcoming NBA draft. I'll tell you what, guys, USC and UCLA are going to be at one hell of a rivalry again, mm -hmm. finally, in basketball. Because uh, USC historically has not really been great with basketball. Right. They're, they're usually and, like the little brothers of the, of the L.A. schools yeah, when it comes a, to basketball. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're a football school. Yeah. I mean, in football, they got – that's a despicable type of a rivalry. They hate each other. Mm -hmm. So you might start seeing that spill over to basketball now. Right. And then you have – and then you have Oregon, Oregon up there with Altman. I mean, yeah. he's got that Nike. He's got that Nike money. He always seems to fill out a roster and seems yeah. to always make a run in March. Yep. And uh, you know, we'll have to see what Wayne Tinkle if he can keep it up at yeah. Oregon State because I mean they showed well too. I they, mean they, they were showed well seed. too. Yeah, they showed well. I mean, this was Oregon State was a school that they were they projected to finish in the near bottom of, of the conference and. They snagged one of those bids. They make they make a an impressive run with everything that happened with them, with a lot a lot of key players departing, and they they, I would they play, got the job I would done. play for I would play for Wayne Tinkle. I would play for him. He looks like a good guy. He looks like yeah. a, a good guy to play for. And then uh, how about UNC? UNC grabs a coach. They get Hubert Davis. Yeah, they're they're staying in the Carolina tree, sure. which I think is the right move. Um, you know, if if, if they were going to go know, someone outside the box, I think I don't I don't know I don't know how people would handle that. But I mean, this was under the discretion of. Uh... <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm like I'm like blanking right? out on his name. Yeah, I was I was like blanking out on the what? name. <laughs> Roy, Roy, Roy Williams. Roy Williams. Yeah, I, I don't know why I was going to say Dean Smith. I'm like, but Dean Smith. Yeah. Was passed away years ago. Uh, but, I mean, okay. You know, under, yeah, under the discretion of Roy Williams, they. Uh, you know they wanted to stay in Carolina. They want to stay in that tree, which I I think is the right move. I mean, nothing too crazy. And I think you know when when the time comes to see guys like Bill Self and uh, Mike Shashevsky, uh, you know when when they decide to call it a career, I think they might go inside their own coaching trees and, and pick their own successors. I don't. But Hubert Davis I don't know. a small basketball player, though. You know, he really, he, was, he really. Does. I mean. I he played for the Knicks. He was really good, really solid. I mean, player. UNC is is what a top three job in the whole country. Yeah, it's it's up there. Yeah, 
I mean, this guy's never been a coach before. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, it's you don't really have to recruit when yeah, you're. Yeah, you really. Don't, yeah, it's 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 name it's name. Record. They come they come yeah. to you exactly. See, yeah, it's, it's it's one of those blue chip programs. Like, it doesn't you want, matter. You want play? You want yeah. practice? Where Michael Jordan practice here? Yeah, sign exactly. Here. Yeah, play uh-huh. for play for blue chip. Hey, go to Carolina. Go to Duke. Go to Kansas. <laughs> That's and basically then, uh, the method or, or, so far uh, with this recruiting. Or Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, or Kentucky. Yeah. And then you saw our boy Shaka, who I roasted yeah. after he lost Avalon <laughs> Christian. He he hightails it out to Marquette. Yeah. And then Texas, they're the big winners here because they, yeah. they grabbed Chris Beard from Texas yeah. Tech, who I think is an excellent coach. Yeah. And then Loyola Chicago, they the he, mm-hmm. the guy's name is Yeah, he's gonna go coach Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that's another order. That that yeah. But I mean, like Lon Kruger, he did a good job there establishing yeah, them as, as more than a football school. So yeah. he, he should do well there. But yeah, I mean these blue chip programs, like they don't they don't really go outside the go outside their right. own. Yeah. So our poll question, Gonzaga will win the national championship. Sounds like we all agree here on the panel. We got Gonzaga winning. Yep, I, I got them winning close. I mean, not not a double digit win, but I think They'll they'll keep it within seven or eight points. Yeah, I took Gonzaga minus four and a half. I took under one fifty nine, which doesn't Ooh. seem like under doesn't seem like the consensus. But I, I'll ride the under. I like betting unders right. in big spots because if you if someone starts slow, I mean one fifty nine. That's basically one sixty, and both. Yeah, you're the the for, playing in the. Uh, Playing in the high seventies, low eighties. Right. And that that may not happen. You know, that may not happen. You know, a lot of times in these championship games, they're not high scoring games because teams get uh, teams are a little nervous when they uh, when they play in these kind of games and they start slow. They usually pick it up later. All right, so let's I, get I, this. Let's get to some comments here. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Turn on your notifications. Bryce Blackwell's in the house. What's up, Bryce? Philly's looking good. Bullpen good. Look through. Th- I know it's only three games, and this is a marathon season. This isn't the the bogus sprint that we had last year. So like this is a real one sixty two. But Jose Alvarado looked good in the bullpen. Uh, Reese hit okay, and Zach Eflin yesterday. Zach Eflin and Aaron Nola, two keys to the whole season, uh, pitched very well. Andy Ritter's in the house. Uh, it's nothing, nothing, Phillies. The uh, Mets just got an infield single. Right. Judge, by the way, put one out for the Yankees, and they lead it one to nothing in the uh, top of the fifth. Montgomery has been utterly brilliant so far for the Yankees. He's I mean, a good pitcher. He's he's had. I think he's given up one hit. I bet the Orioles tonight. Not to be a not to be a troll or a hater, but. No, I mean they um, won three in a row, and the Yankees haven't been hitting, so it's not a terrible bet. And it's and it, you know I get a plus two ten. I, I mean I love I betting. Do, I, I love betting. I love betting dogs in baseball. I think I'm I like seven and one on the year. I would have I would have waited one more day and taken means, but I mean that's okay. <laughs> well, I look at the total. I look at the total. Total over nine and a half. I take the dog. Total yeah, under seven. I take the favorite. Yeah. 
So it keeps me keeps me disciplined and keeps the sample size low because you know not that not many games have over a posted ten total and not many games have posted uh, a posted under a seven posted total. Neil Brown Jr. He thinks Zach Wilson's going to be uh, really good with the fire emoji there. I mean, I guess. I guess. I mean, I'm not spending a top 10 pick on any of these quarterbacks besides Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get the Mac Jones hype. I mean, Alabama, they win championships. Like, Jake Coker, Greg McElroy. Like, look at that. They rarely do they have a, a blue chip quarterback. They win because they have Saban, they recruit well, and they have just absolute studs around whatever quarterback well, they, had, they decide they really, to go with. They had really good receivers, too, this time, Alabama. Yeah, and then Fields. It hurt the quarterback. Fields look like, Fields look like a really good athlete. I mean, I, I think I think all of them are going to be pretty good this year. They they all seem very athletic. Fields and, has the stench of that, of that Ohio State quarterback, which I don't like to buy into that stuff. Yeah, it, but that, I, I, get, you know, I suppose I'm, it's a thing. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy into that because that doesn't. That 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 isn't necessarily. Uh, that doesn't always happen. You know, it just doesn't. Yeah, uh, John Malmos. John Malmos. He likes Mika Parsons out of Penn State, linebacker. You. Um, if the Eagles get him at twelve, I mean, okay, okay, that's okay. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'm not gonna freak out about that pick. I'm also not gonna throw a parade over that pick either. You know, I don't know about them. And I, these guys that sat out, they do make me nervous. They do make me nervous. Sewell, Parsons, Chase, I'm sure we can look through the whole first-round mock drafts and pick out a couple other guys that sat out. It makes me nervous. It does. So I would just be, I would just be wary, wary yeah, of that. They, 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 once they go to training camp and they start, and they start practicing, I think they'll get, they'll get the rust off and they'll be okay. You know, you have mini camp, and then you have you have uh, you have the summer workouts, and then and then they go in and they start with the they start the workouts, and I I, I think all these guys will be okay. I, you know, one Devontae. thing gave their bodies a year to heal, that's for sure. Uh, Neil Brown Jr. Devonta Smith would be good for you guys, I think. Um, yeah, I just I I can't buy after what he did last year it's winning the Heisman. Well, he's not going to. All the way down to twelve. You got a better chance of getting maybe Waddle. Maybe, but like I'm not sure because I mean the trade with Carolina. I mean you look at Carolina. Uh, they lost Curtis Samuel in the offseason. He goes to the football team, so they're going to be looking looking at receivers, and they're also going to be looking at uh, secondary pieces, corners and safeties and whatnot. And Matt Rule, I mean, he spent his whole first draft on defense. So, I mean, John Malmos, you want to say stop with the offense. We desperately need defense, middle linebacker, and another outside linebacker, corner safety and edge. This team needs a lot. There's not – it'd be a much shorter list if you listed the, the positions that the Eagles don't need. So, I get it. They, they need a lot. But, I mean, if I, I got Jalen Hurts, I got to give this kid a shot. I, I got to give him something to work with to see if I have a franchise quarterback because Jay Jaw and Jalen Rager and, and Greg Ward, I'm supposed to evaluate Jalen Hurts based on that. That's why I don't move from six. 
And I take Pitts, I take Smith, I take Chase, or I take Waddle, the four premier playmakers that we talked about last week. That's why I hate the trade. One of them will fall down to that level. And, like, I get it, but, like, there's more pick – there's more rounds to the draft than just the first round. Oh, absolutely. You you can get – and and you're picking at damn near the top of every round because of how tragically bad you were last season. So like, you know, you need to get a starter at pick 37. You know, you need you need to get maybe a rotational guy, a guy that shows he has a pulse at whatever. I think their third round picks pick 87 or something like that. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong on that. But you got to get guys. You got to get guys, and, and you got to come out of this draft. The pressure's never been. Like the games have, are are over, the chances are over. Like you got a hit on this draft. Uh, Charles Mataran's in the house. Check out Chuck's on uh, Birds of a Feather, which I think is on every Thursday night. Uh, Chrome's in the house. He's on a bunch of shows all the time too. Check out Chrome here on ATD Radio. If you miss Chrome, you can download them uh, wherever you get your podcast. He agrees to the poll question. It's been Gonzaga's. For the taking all year, it would be an epic collapse if they don't finish it off tonight. Uh, epic collapse is a little aggressive. Baylor's a really good basketball team with a really good coach with a couple of first-round picks on their, in their arsenal. It would be more, more as well. disappointment, an epic disappointment. I wouldn't call it a collapse. I mean, you're not giving Baylor enough credit by saying it's uh, a collapse. If they lost to UCLA – as 14 and a half point favorites and didn't even get to compete for a national. That would be, I wouldn't say epic, but that would be, that would be, that would leave a bad taste in my mouth if I were a Gonzaga fan. Well, you're a 14 point underdog. That would be pretty epic to me. But uh, I mean, you know, I I think they, I think they, they've been the best team all year and I think they're going to finish it off tonight. And uh, Chrome likes your shirt, Brad. He's well, digging the Z. I've got compliments on this shirt. Getting so. that lead out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Flyers are up one nothing. Like, great. Flyers make me sick. I don't even want to talk about them. We're going to talk about the – we're going to talk about the trade deadline we'll later the in the trade. show. Yeah, we have – we have we are all set for you guys with the trade deadline. I when is the trade out. deadline, Brad? The trade deadline is, is next Monday till 3. And I got a bunch of guys for you for you to argue about. That are available uh, for you. Well, that's great. Fans. We can have a. We can hopefully the, the, there's moves, so we can you know we can put the whole show around the NHL well, trade mean, deadline. I, I think the Flyers are definitely going to make some moves, Rob. They I can't mean, do nothing. Like you can't sit there, sit there as the GM Chuck Fletcher, and watch what's going on right now and do nothing at this trade deadline. They're just they're you so can't do nothing. You they're can't. so they're so inconsistent. You know they can't seem to put two games together back-to-back. It seems like they'll play one good game and then one god-awful game. I mean, they, they had that thrilling comeback last Monday night when you guys, when you and I were roasting them about getting their brains beat in by Buffalo, and then they come back and win that game in overtime. And that's a great win. I don't care if it's Buffalo. Brad, them, then, they get, then they give up six. They give up six the next well, night to the same stinky Buffalo team. And that's But that's what I'm talking about. It seems like, you know, they – they do the same thing with the Rangers. They blow a three nothing lead, but they they come back in overtime and win the game. And then, sure enough, the next night they lose nine to nothing. I mean, it's it just this is the kind of stuff they they need a couple of veterans. And I got a couple of veterans for you, by the way. And then um, we have we have breaking news. Michael, Michael Granlund 
is not is not the only one. Or, or Eklund, Matthias Eklund, they're not the only guys that are on the trade market, Rob. All right, we have breaking news. Our correspondent, ten year old Chance, he's picking Gonzaga tonight, ninety two okay. to eighty four, which would not oh, be good. Wow, okay. Not be good for my under bet. But Chase likes Gonzaga. Chase Chase had so he had some good picks. He picked a good yeah, bracket. Yes, he did. That is. He had Loyola over Illinois. Yep, he's that's um, one smart kid. He knows uh, basketball. That's for sure. Brian Wilson's in the house. He just hopes it's a good game. I guess you can check out his social media for the Willie Vegas Championship Edition picks. I already told you who I like. I like Gonzaga minus four and a half. Uh, I like under one fifty nine. Bryce Blackwell, uh, he he thinks Zag is going to win by fifteen. Which would be that would surprise me. A blowout either way would surprise me. But if one team's going to blow the other out, it's going to be Gonzaga, in my opinion. And that would be a, a, a thumping of uh, a thumping of Baylor would just be like, you know, the crowning achievement on probably if they beat Baylor by fifteen or completely blow Baylor out tonight. I mean, you're talking about undefeated champion. Yeah, now Maybe you're one of the, the all time with some of the all time great teams in uh I mean you're talking about right. Leitner's Duke you're talking about Leitner's Duke, you're talking about UNLV, you're talking about some of the UCLA teams, you're talking about Anthony Davis's Kentucky team, and then you're talking about this Gonzaga team. However you want to jumble them up and mix them up, and I apologize if I'm missing some great teams along the way there. I know Indiana went Undefeated in in seventy eight or seventy seven with with Bob Knight or no, no I think eighty seven. Didn't North Carolina go undefeated when they had? Um, I don't think they went undefeated, but they, they did worthy. win. Or yeah, they had worthy. Was that North Carolina State or North Carolina that had worthy? I can't remember now. North Carolina. Okay. I guess it was eighty 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 two. Maybe it was eighty two. I think. Something I think they had – I'd have to look up the year. But, yeah, they had Michael Jordan and James Worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Game. I mean <laughs> – Yeah. It's I, I, I thought something inside me says that that team was undefeated, but that, I might be wrong. I mean, I'm not – I am not an expert in college basketball, so I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I do remember that particular team, though. That was unbelievable. And then the, the Bruins tied up 1-1. So that's our poll question. Brian Daly's in the house. Jake Friel's in the house. Uh, he's going with Gonzaga. Uh, 75-76. So it was 75-76. The Hoosiers wouldn't have a perfect season. Anthony Davis didn't go undefeated? I guess they must have lost. They must have lost a few along the way in the regular season. But they, they, uh, they did. They did not uh, finish the season undefeated. I think they had two losses that year. What about okay. UNLV? Did, did UNLV. I think the year the year that they won, I believe they had five losses that year, and then okay. the following year they had the one loss, and then they lost in the final right. Four. Okay, yeah, okay. Larry Johnson's team lost lost one game, and it was in the finals against Duke. Yeah, so like a zillion point favorites, and they and they blew it oh, again. Yeah. <laughs> that was the team with Greg Anthony on it, right? Um, yeah, Greg Anthony, yeah. Greg, Greg Anthony, Anthony Larry, Larry John. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Stacy Augman? They have Stacy Augman too. Yeah, I think loaded. Yeah, they were loaded. Yeah, yeah. Well, like those UNLV teams, like they were, they were, they, like, were, they had the, they were cool. 
Oh yeah. You know, like they were intimidated. Like they walked on the court and they they demanded respect. And if you weren't going to give it to them, they were going to run you out the gym. Well, they, they ran don't call. Up. They don't call the running rebels for uh. Yep. No reason. Because <laughs> oh. then, uh, what was it? The Towns team. They they went undefeated all the way until the final four, and they lost to Wisconsin. Yes. Right. Now that, that right. was the team like everybody thought was probably the greatest, probably if not the greatest team to never win a title with with a team that was so good where you could have feel the two K- Kentucky teams and they both would have probably made the final four. They were that good that Honestly, year. Frank, you you look at the Villanova uh win in 85 against uh Georgetown. The, that was that may have been one of the biggest upsets I've ever seen in, in, oh, yeah. in championship play. I mean, that Georgetown team was one of the best uh, was one of the best college basketball teams I've ever seen. Right. I mean, they were ferocious with Ewing and uh, with Ewing and the Pearl. Uh, no, not Pearl. Uh, Sleepy Floyd and I, I can't remember some of the other guys on that team. Uh, but that team was ferocious too. I think Morning was a backup on that team. Morning, Lonzo. Morning, Lonzo. Morning, coming off the bench. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. With, with you, with Ewing, with you, and Ewing back then was a different player. He used to go to the basket all the time, and he he, he was a mean, ferocious defender. It, it, he got a little soft in the NBA. He, he became a shooting guard in a seven foot body in the NBA. But you know that's it's just it was it's a different game. So. Let's talk a little trade deadline, Brad, because I got the flyer. I'm going to switch over the flyers for a few minutes here. It's one one. I got some guys. But, I got some guys. I got some guys for you, flyer. But Brad, I can't. I can't watch this team do nothing at the trade deadline. Well, it's been a, it's been a total disaster. They've been such a disappointment. I all all's I hear about how good this young this these young young guys are. None of them seem to be developing, and. You know, I have Coots in his prime. I have G, who I'm squeezing squeezing every last drop out of, still playing really well. Uh, you have Voracek. Overall, it's, been, it's just been a very disappointing season. And I can't I can't watch them do nothing. There's a big part save it, by – Part of it, or should I say I think most of it, is that for whatever reason the defense has taken a huge step backwards. And – to be honest with you, Ron, the forwards aren't really coming back and doing a very good job of helping them out either. And I think that that's that's been one of the big disappointment disappointments as well. well I can't part, watch I can't watch Nolan Patrick play anymore. Nolan Patrick can't play. Well, Nolan he Patrick can't, he can't play. Nolan Patrick has been discussed in trade that you know they the Flyers actually uh, were talking. There's, the, there's a power play. sorry, but there's a power play goal by the uh, Boston Bruins. I think Bergeron. The captain, you guys lights gotta, the lamp. Lights the lamp on the power play. Yeah, you guys got to keep my boys in the playoffs too. You know. Uh, anyway, here's here's some players for you guys. Okay, and you can decide who you who you would rather have if you fans out there. You got uh, Brandon Montour, Buffalo Sabers. We're talking about defensemen, everybody. Okay, Vince Dunn, St. Louis. Uh, David Savard, who personally would be my choice uh, from Columbus. Uh, Brett Burns, who's gonna, who's not gonna cost you a lot because he makes a lot, but but San Jose has offered to pick up half his salary, so you you'd have to have you have to clear out four million dollars in cap space to get him. Uh, Cam Fowler, who I've always liked, uh, another guy on Anaheim. Uh, now, now, if you're talking t- 
top, top defenseman right now that's available. Uh, Nashville has two guys, uh, Matias Ekholm, who, from what I understand, they want a top prospect, a first-rounder, and a third asset, and Ryan Ellis, who I, I don't know why they would want to trade him because he's got six six more years left at $6.5 a year, but apparently they're willing to, to let him go as well. And if you want a, a tough defenseman, you can get a guy like Josh Manson who can – who can play and mix it up uh, with the gloves too? I, I think, I think if the Flyers could get any one of these guys, uh, I think it would improve them immensely. immensely. I mean, the Flyers—they have five games this week, so like you got it. You got to put something together. I mean, it starts tonight because you're chasing Boston. Boston has four more points than you, and they played two less games. Yeah, I mean, it's and- getting late. It's getting late early. It's getting late early, and uh, you know the same goes for the Rangers too. I mean. Boston's got to lose. And, uh, you know, if the Rangers and Flyers both can't take care of them, you know, it's it's going to be impossible. I know the Rangers have the Bruins the last two games of the season. So if they want to have a chance, they got to be within, worst-case scenario, four points behind them. It, you know, but Like I look at the, I look at this East and, and – Let's throw let's throw the uh, Devils and the Sabers out because they're just they're just not good enough this season. No. Especially with how the how the schedule is. Especially, is especially Buffalo. Buffalo is, is has been when Buffalo lost Jack Eichel that that was the end of the season for them. But the Flyers, I mean, their differential is a minus twenty three. So they've scored hundred nine goals and they've let up hundred thirty two, a minus twenty three. Put put that in perspective. Washington, they're in first place. They have a plus. They're at plus fifteen. The Islanders, who play tremendous defense, they're at plus twenty-seven. Pittsburgh's plus twenty-four. Boston's only a plus ten, but they've had problems with COVID and, and missing games and stuff. They but then you have the Flyers at a minus twenty-three. I mean, Boston's problem is they can't score, Rob. And, and to be honest with you, if 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 anybody is going to get a, a, a goal scorer, and I'm I'm looking at Kyle Palmieri on the Devils because I think he's the most likely guy Boston would try to would try to get. Uh, they get him. It, it would be almost impossible for teams like the Rangers and Flyers to catch him. I mean, that's that's who that's who Boston's got to got to focus on. He's an un, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. He's 29 years old. He's never scored less than 25 goals in the NHL. But that, that's your guy right there. I mean, if you're Boston, uh, Boston needs Boston needs some help scoring. I mean, you've got. You got guys like uh, the the usual the usual suspects like uh, like the guy from uh, from Cherry Hill, uh, Bobby Ryan, and uh, you know there's guys there's guys like that. Ryan Getzlaff, from what I understand, is available. Uh, Taylor Hall, of course, is available. Uh, Dustin Brown's name's popped up now. Um, I understand the Islanders really have their uh, hearts set on him. So look 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 for LA to deal him to the uh, Islanders at this point. Because they they need a guy like they're trying to replace uh, Anders Lee and Dustin Brown is kind of almost the same player. Uh, so team, the best team in the division right now is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I mean, I've I've watched all these teams. Okay, and I, I I think I've watched enough of these teams uh, that I think I'm being fair here. I think the Penguins have the best goaltending. In the division, and I know you guys are going to sit there, but Penguins, what are you out of your mind? I think Jarry is really good, to be quite honest with you. And I think Casey DeSmith is is exceptionally good. I've real every game I've seen him play, he's been outstanding. 
Uh, I like that Pittsburgh that that Pittsburgh goaltending tandem, and I'll tell you what I think they're better than the Washington goaltending tandem. Um, Rask is getting old. I, I don't necessarily trust him if the Bruins make the playoffs. Uh, don't like the Flyers goaltending. We're not going to make it because we're just not good enough. Uh, Washington's goaltending is is young. I just don't know that those two guys, those two rookies, are going to be good enough to. Uh, to, to get out of that division. I just don't know that they are. The Flyers are on a power play here. Yeah, you know, they can't seem to get it set up. Now Bruins are taking the puck down the down the ice. They get a shot on goal. I mean, they gave up two short handed goals to the Sabres in, what, a minute in, in the last game when they let up six goals? Well, you that- get the 19th. You get the 19th. It's right there on the screen, 19.3%, 19th in the NHL. Like, that's not good enough. Like well, we had Stanley Cup aspirations be, here in Philadelphia. You want to be, be at twenty five percent. That's that's the goal of every team on the power play is twenty five percent. But but bare bones minimum, you want to at least be at twenty. If you're not at least at twenty, uh, you're not getting the job done. What do you mean? Explain that to me. It seems like you should score like eighty percent of the time on the power play. They have one less guy. It's yeah, but it's not that easy. A lot of these teams are so good at killing penalties nowadays. I mean, it's it's everything is everything is basically the same, okay? They what they what they all do is they stay in their they stay in their box, okay? They let they try to keep the other teams to the outside, okay? And then if somebody bobbles the puck, there are two guys right on top of them. One guy hits him, and then the other guy grabs the puck and sends it down the ice. And uh, th- that's just that's just that they these teams have gotten so good at it that that it just seems like it's almost. It's almost secondary that they that they do this. And again, power plays power plays are more rhythm than anything else. And once once a team loses their rhythm on the power play, they're 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 shot. And and at, at this point, part of the problem with the Flyers is that you know they they've got they've got a lot of talent on that power play, but for whatever reason, I think they pass too much. I don't think they shoot enough, and, and, and that's. That's definitely a problem. Giancarlo Stanton just hit a ball that I, I – oh, my goodness gracious. He hit the ball off of the uh, – he hit the ball on the terrace in the uh, – in the uh, what you call it. Uh, it's a grand slam, by the way. He hit the ball halfway up the left field bleachers. That is a shot. So, so now it's six, six nothing? Now. Yeah. So I told That's you not that good. It's not Eagles. good for my bet. Uh, no, but if you only bet 10 bucks, who cares? But that, yeah. but that Prism two eighty is is in the house. So Prism, out of the defenseman that I that I mentioned, who you like, and a lot of you guys out there who are hockey fans, I gave you guys some good names out there that 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 are all that are all on the trade block that everybody wants. Uh, you know, how much are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up a first round pick and 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 go with the guy from Nashville, uh, Ekholm, or are you uh, are you willing to try I to mean, get? Done from St. Louis. I mean, there are some guys out there that could really, really improve the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm totally that. down. I'm totally down to shake things up. Totally down to shake things up because th- well, this is just a stale hockey team. You need, yeah, they need, they need, they need a veteran. I mean, they really, really miss Niskin. I mean, I don't think anybody could have. I want a guy. I want a guy that I can get, and he's going to be here. You know, he's, he's going to be a building block for the next three, four, five, six years. Bottom line is the Flyers are going to be $22 million under the cap this summer. Okay? 
So if they want to get an unrestricted rental type free agent, okay, they can do it because they can resign them. If they really want to get them, they can just resign them. And, and I mean, just because they're just because they're going to be unrestricted free agents when you trade for them, it doesn't mean that you don't have that you can't resign them. So I that's mean, fine. I, but I want a guy who's gonna who's gonna step in, and if you got to resign them, that's fine. Like I need well, I a guy that I need a guy, a substantial guy that I can put with these young guys. And I, well, I need to mix up this core a little bit. Cause I think they're, I think they're, I think they're doing what your boy Cashman with the Yankees yell, yell and scream at him to all the they time. Are. In prospect they, are. they are. I mean, Matias Ekholm is probably the best defenseman on the, uh, on the market. Uh, that guy Ellis too is really good on, uh, on Nashville. And he signed for another, for another six years at six and a half million a year. He's also really good. I mean, those, those two are outstanding defensemen, and they would they would help any team. Uh, yeah, for- I would think if I'm the fly, if I'm the Flyers, I gotta think about I gotta think about uh, about getting one of those guys. If if, if you truly want to help your team, and Ellis wouldn't be just for this year. So if you're looking for a guy that who down the road is going to make a big difference, there's your guy right there. I mean, he. Can I mean, make- how old is he? I mean, I'm looking to get like a 25, 26 year old in here that can that can shake things up and give me I'd have another look, key I'd guy. Have, I'd have to look him up, but he just signed a six year contract last year, so I can't imagine that David Poyle. I don't. I honestly don't know how old he is, but I can't imagine David Poyle would sign a guy for six years if he was in his thirties. He's he's one of the smarter GMs in the world. I, I would think that he's probably around 27, 28. Prism two eighty. He he likes Ekholm, but he's not sure if the Predators are going to be buyers. He thinks the Predators might be buyers at the deadline. You look at the standings; they're holding on to the fourth fourth yeah, seed in not, that division. They're not, they're not going anywhere. I mean, you, you also you know there's there's another guy that plays in New Jersey who might be a good fit, but again, he he makes a lot of money too, and that's uh, PK Subban. I know that he's going to be available as well. I just don't know if uh, I just don't know if 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 he's going to be a, a fit in Philly. Why wouldn't he be a fit in Philly? Our defense stinks. He's he's more of a he's more of an offensive defenseman than a defensive defenseman. But he's the kind of guy you, he'd be he'd be really good for them because you can put him on the power play. You know he's a terrific he's a terrific point man on the power play. He's got a power play. Have flyers power plays putrid. Yeah, well, I think he would be. Horrible. I think he would help them. Uh, I mean, he wouldn't be a bad he wouldn't be a bad a bad move either. Um, again, I just don't know. I just don't know. There's a lot of people who are down on Subban, so uh, and and it's not it's not it really doesn't have a lot to do with his hockey. It has a, a lot more to do with some of the stupid things he does on the ice, which piss people off. So you, you know, and we're talking about dirty stuff on the ice. That's so. I, I don't know. I, don't if that's care. I like it. I like a guy. I love me a guy that get, has some dirt under his fingernails. By, so to by speak. the by the way, I gotta give I gotta give a glove up to Sam Moran, who basically kicked the shit out of Ross Johnson. I, that was a very very impressive decision for Mister Moran. Holy moly! I mean, you're 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 beating up a guy like that. I mean, you know what? I want to see him. I want to see him go uh go nose to nose with uh. With my buddy out in uh, in, in Vegas, uh, Ryan Reeves. See, see uh, who's the who's who's the best out of those two? Because I'll tell you what, that's a quality win for a fight. Because Johnson is as tough as they get. So and then I'm not as I'm not opposed to making you know a couple of moves. 
No, they're they're, they're on, on the Flyers. Right now, do you, now it, the question is because I've also heard the Flyers are also looking for a goalie. Now, if they get another goalie, are they gonna? I would assume that that would mean Elliot would go to the taxi squad, and then they would they would let uh, Carter Hart be the backup for the rest of the season. I mean, you can get a guy like Devin Dubnik, who's had playoff experience and has been good in the playoffs in the past. He's he's very gettable. Uh, you got Merk Merkelins, I think I pronounced his, his name right. Elvis. I don't uh, know, yeah, but Brad. I don't, Brad, I don't know. I don't know what a goalie does for this team because their defense is so is so bad. But their but their goaltending hasn't been good either, Rob. Let's let's be honest. Okay, they they've given up a lot of bad goals this year. Too many, too many. I mean, I but but really, it starts it starts with the defense. I mean, I I, I really think that. They should be picking up one or maybe two defensemen, and and again they they okay the cap they don't have a lot of cap space right now, but you know what these teams especially in Anaheim's case and San Jose's case you got some real good defensemen. I'm, I'm going to give you the names again just to just for all you guys to remember. You got Josh Manson, Cam Fowler, okay, Brett Burns. Uh, these are guys that are willing to, 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 to pay, you know, the money is that the money can be uh, taken out of uh, a guy like Brandon Montour or Vince Dunn, Dunn on St. Louis, very good defenseman, very good defenseman. And, you know, basically if why would, why would the, why would the blues? Because be... the blues are having, the blues are having a horrible season this year. And between them and Nashville, you know, even if one of them makes the playoffs, it's doubtful that they'll go anywhere. That's why they're both talking about getting rid of these guys. Uh, they're, they're, you know, I think they need to get some assets, both of them. So, going to be it's going to be it's going to be kind of a a tough challenge for the uh, Flyers because you know you're also looking at another team. Uh, let's see, you want you want to trade Coots for Mitchell and Suter? From I think what what do you what do you say to that? Mock no. trade proposal. No, I'm not trading. Gatorier is a tremendous defensive center who can put the puck in the net, and he wins a lot of faceoffs. I wouldn't be trading him. And no I have to apologize. I, I don't. I'm not I don't, familiar I with Ian Mitchell. I mean, listen, and, and and you know, I I would I would love to see the Flyers lose all 82 games. You know me, but but I mean, I'm trying to be honest and fair here. I if I'm a fly if I'm a Flyers, I'm not doing that. Cliff Fletcher is no dummy, guys. He. He, he knows how to build a team. I mean, there's – listen, all I'm trying to say is there's a lot of guys out there who are gettable. There's guys that I didn't mention who, who uh, you know, when I was looking up some of the trade deadline deadline guys, uh, there are some other guys who, who are gettable out there. Uh, I think these are guys that are extremely available right now for the right price. And believe me, when it, especially Nashville's guys – uh, Nashville, if they make the playoffs, they know they're going to get knocked out in the first round. They have no chance of of, of winning of winning against Tampa Bay uh, in that division. There, there's just no way that's going to happen. And I think they're all realistic enough to know that. So you look at that, and and then and then you figure if you can get, especially now we're talking Nashville, if you can get uh, a first round pick, the another team's top prospect, and the player who can play now. For, for your top defenseman, you know what? And and you're you're a team that eh, maybe you could make the playoffs and then get slaughtered in the first round. Okay, you know what? You might want to do that. I mean, if you're if you're Nashville, do you honestly think you're going to beat Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs? Because that's who you're going to play. 
Tampa Bay is going to destroy you. And right now, they're they. I think they've they they're, they've won like 15 in a row at home or some some kind of crazy number. And they don't even have Kuznetsov playing right now. <laughs> I mean, they've done this whole thing without Kuznetsov. And yes, Stan Close has played the whole season and he hasn't gotten hurt. So, I mean. You have to be realistic about where you are. Now, that's why the Flyers have to be careful as well. And Mitchell, yeah. high, five nine, high upside defenseman. I mean, five nine, no thanks. I already, we already did that experiment with Gossesphere. It ended miserably, and now he's not even on the team anymore. Yeah, I need no. size. I need size and strength on my blue line. Ah, uh, you want Josh Manson or Camp Fowler then? Fowler, I like. That's that's the best name Fowler, I've heard I, I so like, far. I, I like I like Fowler too. I think Fowler. I, I think Manson would even be better to be honest with you because Manson. I mean, the Flyers. I I think they need a defenseman who, who's gonna who's gonna be tough and drop the gloves and clear the front of the net. And uh, Fowler doesn't quite do that as well as Manson. Uh, Fowler is a little bit more uh, of a skilled player. But e- either way, if you get one of those two guys, I think I think you'd be doing very very well. And so. the Mets, the Mets have opened it up a little bit. Jacob Degrom just hit an RBI single. It's two nothing Mets. Bases are loaded with one out. Matt Moore's kind of coming on glued here, which is to be well, expected from our fourth starter. You don't, don't want to give up more than three. If you know you're you're in the game, if you can get Degrom out after by the sixth by the end. Well, of the Moore, Moore's already at seventy four pitches in the fourth inning, so he's not going to be in there much longer. I'm sure they got someone working in the bullpen, but. You know you're not going to win all. You're not going to win all these games, and uh, to get that sweep over a really good team like the Braves over the weekend, the kind of transition to, to some guys, baseball talk you here. Nothing to you guys have nothing to complain about, and and to be honest with you, you guys got a raw deal having to use your fourth starter against Degrom. I mean, <laughs> let's let's be honest, okay? It's I mean, fair is fair. I mean, you're if you're facing Degrom, you want to have him face. Either Nola or Wheeler. I mean, this Matt Moore is your number four pitcher. I mean, tomorrow night you're gonna have you, tomorrow night you're gonna have a reasonable opportunity. I mean, Stroman isn't that good, so you definitely could you definitely could could smack him around. You know, that's a fair matchup. But I mean, you know, it, it, it would be like it would be like uh, you know the Yankees have to use their number five pitcher uh, number five pitcher who would be like Herman or, or one of those or or, or well, Montgomery's pitching well tonight, but let's say they'd have to use use Herman against uh, you know against one of the top pitchers in the league. You know, Herman would have to pitch against uh, against Justin Verlander. You know, just just an example. You know, that, it's that's almost an unfair matchup. You, you know, it's almost that's impossible to win a game like that. You know, unless unless you had a miracle, unless unless, unless your number five pitcher shuts everybody down. I mean. Guys are number five pitchers for a reason, and number four pitchers for a reason. And listen, Matt Moore's your number four starter. You know, you didn't sign him to expect him to beat Degrom. The Mets just got—they kind of got lucky with this one. You know, I mean, they're a little bit ahead now. You know, they have a—they have a—they have a—they have, a, they have a very good chance on paper to have the better pitcher on the mound for the next cup for today and for today and tomorrow against the Phillies. Now, you know what the key is to beating to beating the Mets. You got to get their starter out. Their bullpen is not very good, and you know if you get Edwin Diaz out there and you put a little pressure on him, he folds every time. So keep it close, and uh, you know you, you have a very good chance of coming back in this game. 
Um, they got to get the they got to get the get the bats going a little bit. I mean, I know you you faced three batter three really good pitchers and Ian Anderson and Freed and Charlie Morton against Atlanta. And then you're up against Degrom tonight in what's the essentially opening day for the Mets. But you know we, we got to start hitting a little bit because this team is built around the everyday lineup. I mean the. Wheeler. I, I'm sure your team is going to hit the ball. You're not going to go 162 and 0, just like we're not going to go 200, 162 and 0. You know, it just this is just how it this is just how it happens sometimes. By the way, just if you're wondering about betting the Orioles again against the Yankees, Means is pitching Wednesday. So, and how about uh, Nelson Cruz today? I don't know if was it yeah it was Nelson Cruz. I was playing golf. I I got I saw they won fifteen six. Well, yeah, Nelson. <laughs> I was watching the game while I was working. While I was working today, I had I had the TV on, and Nelson Cruz gets up against against uh, Detroit and hits a long foul ball to right field, and the ball looked like it may have hit the foul ball or just grazed it, and uh, went and, and they ruled it a foul ball, and he sat there and he complained and he complained and you could you know they they wouldn't change it. And he was so pissed off. Next pitch, he hits it about 400 feet out into the left field seats. <laughs> it was a grand slam home run. I, I'm sitting there. I'm saying, I'm saying, hmm, is that is that karma for is that karma or is that baseball karma? I mean, because he should have had it. He could have had a home run on the first one because it did look like it grazed the foul pole. It looked like it slightly changed direction. You know, uh, Mets, Mets up two nothing. They're looking for more. They're still chucked. Brandon Kinsler's in the game now. Matt Moore got the hook. Uh, Yankees up six nothing, which we've been updating for you guys. The Pirates, Judge Stanton, both Judge and Stanton both have gone deep, and I, I gotta have my usual Aaron Boone meltdown moment. Rob, why is why is Giancarlo Stanton sitting yesterday after two games? He needs a rest after two games. He's the goddamn DH. Are you kidding me? You're resting him. I mean, Aaron Boone with this resting crap, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. I don't know if it's Cashman who's who's making him do it or it's him, but this crap has to stop. You wanted to get Brett Gardner a couple of at-bats. Brett Gardner, who gives a flying fuck about Brett Gardner anymore? Come on, guys. The idea is to win the game, okay? Not not put Brett Gardner out in left field so that he can, he can have three, three or four at-bats. And then I hear some of these moron Yankee fans Telling, trying to say that he's the only one that hit in the clutch. He got, he got the only RBI of the game. He grounded out at second base when the infield was back, and there was a runner on third. So right. I want to hear how clutch he was. He didn't get a hit. He got to hit a ground ball. They, they had the infield in. They would have cut the run down at home plate. I, I mean, I just, I, I can't, Rob. I can't, I can't bash my own brethren, but boy, there, our, I think our fan base is, might have, might even be dumber than yours. Hate to say that, but there's idiots. There's idiots everywhere. Oh my god! I, I hear some of the stupid comments that they make, and, and I just sit there and I'm like, "Wow, you got." I mean, seriously, you know, as as as, as Herman Edwards said, when he but I think you play to win the game. I think that the Yankees fans, like you, you could put a bunch of scrubs out there in the pinstripes. And Yankees fans, they'll be jazzed up and juiced up and, and think they're the greatest thing ever. Uh, no, I don't agree with that at all. 
That no, that, no. I think I you think don't think Yankees. Yankees. You don't think Yankee fans overvalue their own more than any other fan base in sports. Uh, they're stars, yes. They're stars, but not 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 your. Well, I'd rather overvalue a star than looking at a bunch of idiots on on Sixer in Sixers groups that say this team misses Tony Bradley, and that's how why they're in a funk, or they want <laughs> Al Horford back, or, or nonsense like this. Yeah, no, and then I, you get you people who want to trade Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook. You get. Ugh, no, it's bad. Philly no. fans they fall in love with the undersized scrappers, and they think that they can win championships with a team full of them. When you can't, Yankees Yankees fans, you know, because it's New York and it's the Yankees and it's the pinstripes, they recognize the the big stars and the star power, and, and they 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 value their stars greatly. Yeah, like, I, mean, I still get I still get people that tell try and tell me that Bryce Harper's overrated. Uh, he's not overrated. He's one of the best players in baseball. He ran from first to third on uh, a single yesterday, like a bloop single. It was a great read. He knew the guy wasn't going to get it. He got on his horse and he got all the way to third. But he's, like, fast. he's fast, though. I know, but how many stars? How many stars run the bases like that? Well, other than maybe Trout, not too many. How many people run the? I see base running mistakes all the time in oh, major leagues. In the major leagues, yeah, absolutely bad fundamentals. Some of them, and to have yeah. your have your have your three hundred thirty, have your three hundred thirty million dollar player be a high baseball great base runner. That stuff all trickles down. Oh, it absolutely. But nobody nobody cares about that because I guess if Bryce Harper doesn't go five for five with five home runs every game, he's going to be a disappointment because he makes a lot of money. But well, like he's an he's an unrestricted free agent, Brad. Would you rather have the three hundred and thirty million dollars and not have Bryce Harper, or would you rather open up the checkbook because you're a big market and grab Bryce Harper and give yourself a twenty six, twenty seven year old guy who's going to hit you thirty plus home runs for the next thirteen years? Right, and a guy that and a guy that every time he every time he steps up to the plate, it's a must watch at bat. You know, Prism 280. I wouldn't give up on Coots, but the Flyers need controllable, young, affordable talent as opposed to guys who can't stay on the ice like Nolan Patrick. Okay. I mean, I'm out. I'm out on you Nolan Patrick. Have, I don't think Nolan have, Patrick can play at all. You have $22 million in, in cap space over the summer, so you can do whatever you need to do. Uh, from next, what I understand, Nolan Patrick has the, the, uh, the Calgary Flames wanted him, uh, and they wanted – him to see in a first round pick, and the Flyers said no. For who? Uh, Gaudreau. Oh, I love me Johnny Hockey, but that's a that's a that's a haul. It, no, that's what I'm saying. The Flyers. I I heard that the Flyers said no to that. Well, I wouldn't hesitate to trade Nolan Patrick before everyone figures. While P- teams still think he's good, because I watched him, I've watched him, and my assessment is that he's a stiff and he can't play. So I before the rest of the league catches on to that, I would try well, and toss you know, him in a deal fair. and get someone who can play. In all in all fairness, though, okay, the guy is the guy has not exactly had a lot of breaks since he got dra- when he got drafted. He didn't have a great first year. Then he then he had the concussion, and he missed most of last year. You know, and he came back pretty pretty uh pretty much uh, this year and hasn't really done much. I think the guy needs to play before you can make that judgment. Just because of where you drafted him, but you know, I can understand if you want to. I can understand if you wanted to trade him and move on. I mean, listen, if he's going to be part, if he's going to be one of the centerpieces of a 
of a major trade where you can get in a big star, I, you know, you got to do that. But honestly, if you're the Flyers and you're going to give up a package like that, you, you got to get, you got to get Ekholm. I mean, that's, that's, I think it's pretty much, uh, that's, that's pretty much what you got to do. I mean, you know, I, I've heard that, I've heard St. Louis wants a first round pick for, uh, for their defenseman. And, uh, and that's. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hesitating to trade draft picks at all. Like these no, guys don't even come to the league for what three, out, out four all, years. Out of all the defensemen, to be honest with you, I kind of like David Savard on uh, on Columbus. Columbus guy, yeah, I like him too. I like, I like him, and I wouldn't. I really would wouldn't mind seeing if I'm a Flyer fan. I wouldn't mind. I would give up. I would give up somebody for him. He's he's a he's a very good player. He's underrated, but he he's he's very good. I mean, he's really steady. You know, he's he's he, Tortorella loves him, but Columbus just can't really. Uh, can't afford to pay him so because he's gonna he's gonna want want some money at the end of the season most likely you know and they they have uh they have Feligno who's their uh who's their captain and everybody's favorite player out there who's going to be a free agent also and you know they're going to want to re-sign him so they, they can't sign both of them and brad how about my how about my royals brad what you know what three impressive and you know what they're young from what i understand they can hit. Is looking pretty good. So that was a real good pick by you. Well, yeah. I like Singer. I know I chickened out picking him for the playoffs, which I said I was going to do all week leading up to our prediction show. Then I, I chickened out. Rob, Minnesota is still good. Minnesota can still hit. The Royals can hit, and they're, oh, I like their young pitching staff. They, they can't. They can't hit. They can't hit like Minnesota can, though. Minnesota is just still is still. It's still a devastating. I mean, Minnesota is so good offensively. I mean, they let they let uh, they let Eddie Rosario go go to Cleveland. I mean, that's that should tell you all you need to know. And Eddie Rosario was a very solid player. And now the Yankees have extended their lead uh, to seven to nothing as a DJ LeMahieu drills a base hit to right field, and the Yankees still have the bases loaded. And all, all I can say about the Yankees is thank I thank the schedule makers for putting Baltimore in there because. Somebody they needed to wake up, and Baltimore always seems to be, especially Yankee Stadium. Uh, I'm a Baltimore. Well, actually, even in Baltimore too. What am I talking? Own the Orioles. It's just Baltimore. They just everybody's everybody's bat seems to wake up against Baltimore. And the Phillies, they just can't seem. They just can't seem to crack the case of Jacob Degrom. Well, they're not the only ones, but again, you know, it's his first outing. Rob He's probably not going to throw more than ninety pitches. So, I mean, if, if you can get if you can get him out of there after the sixth inning, you've got three innings to work on that I mean, bullpen. It's bottom four with two outs. He's only got fifty four pitches. So, I think that oh. we're going to be seeing Mister Degrom. Oh, if you see deep, him through the seventh, deep into the night, yeah. If you see him through the seventh inning, and they only have to use two innings of their bullpen, you're you're going to be in trouble. That, that's did it. You, did you catch Shohei Otani last night on Sunday Night Baseball? Very impressive. Very imp- he hits a ball 450 feet and and, uh, and throws a baseball 101 miles an hour. Jeez. I mean, this that's part of the reason why I like the Angels so much in the West. I mean, you got Otani, you got Haney, and you got Bundy. That's not tragic. And then you have Otani's bat. You have Rendon. You have Trout. Fletcher's oh, okay. Weird. Yeah, they uh, they Pujols has still got some pop. They 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 definitely fixed their bullpen. I mean, the Angels are going to be a pretty good team, but uh 
you know, you wonder with Houston what the heck happened. What the heck happened to Oakland this weekend? I mean, every one of their pitchers got absolutely uh, mauled this weekend by the uh, Houston Astros. Oh, 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 well, they. I always thought their top four pitchers are all interchangeable. They can all be number one pitchers. You know, and, and they all they all got bombed. Um, it's. I mean, Houston still got a pretty good line. Maybe we're under. Maybe we both undervalued Houston. Well, their their pitching did a nice job on uh, this weekend. The only one really that didn't pitch well was was Christian Javier. He got he got beat up pretty good. Uh, but the rest the rest of them pitched pretty well. I mean, Urquidy was pretty good. Zach Zach Ranky was pretty good. Uh, who was the Who was the other one that pitched? Uh, who pitched the Urquidy? Quiddy pitched. Uh, I can't remember who pitched on uh, on Saturday for them. Granky, uh, Granky pitched one of them, didn't Granky he? Pitched, Granky pitched Thursday, and he pitched well. They won all four games, so that was that. That's a uh, yeah. But Oakland, they're so obsessed with beating the Astros because of the cheating scandal, and they well, got their heads yeah. so wrapped up around that that I think they're it's fans. like in their head. Well, their fan, their fans, their fans were. Con- I mean, I was watching yesterday, and their fans were. Constantly yelling cheaters, cheaters, and you are cheaters. And they're going at some point, you got at some point, Brad, you got to let it go and, and well, play no, you, it, because listen, if you obsess over you that, it's unhealthy you and it's going to work against you. You have to save it for when you're ahead late in the game. Then you start busting their balls. You don't do it in the middle of the game. It just because then then when you're doing it in the beginning, in the middle of the game, when you're getting your your asses whooped. Then you just look look like a bunch of big babies. But, and then yeah, the opposite of that too is I think the the Astros are are relishing it, the, the villain role. Oh yeah, oh they sure are, they sure are, and they have the you know what they have the right manager for it because Dusty Baker, you know he he's he's a veteran manager and he's been through this before. You know he's he's been through uh, through the wars, all the wars, and you know what he'll he'll just he'll keep those guys in 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 check, and you know he I think he's got control of that team, and they'll do what they have to do. But I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess if you had a young manager, it might be a problem, okay. But when you get an old veteran type manager, you know, like Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker will keep those guys calm, you know, because he's a very calming influence on all these guys. All these guys kind of, kind of like him, and they'll just he kind of just will keep them low key and, and calm, and that's kind of what's going to happen. Now, when they come to New York, they're going to hear a lot of crap too. You're gonna hear you're gonna hear crap in New York. Yeah, they're gonna hear they're gonna they're a good crap. team and yeah, they beat a lot of crap in New York. And if the Yankees and if the Yankees have a big lead late in the game, the fans are really, really gonna beat them up. And you know, and, and then then Houston might care. But you know what? It was almost like when the when the A's fans were doing that, they they were smirking on the field. They're smirking. I mean, they're ahead they're ahead they're ahead six to nothing, and the fans are yelling, You were cheaters, and they're laughing. You know, that that's not the time to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when the Yankees are playing the Red Sox, Yankee fans don't start yelling "Boston sucks" if they're get when they're getting their brains beat in. But you know what? If the Yankees are ahead, yes, that's when they do it. You know, and then I mean, it's not going to get any easier for the the Oakland A's pitching staff because they're going to Chavez Ravine and they're going to have a they got a date with the Dodgers. No, boy. So it's not get it's not getting any easier for well, the. That's right. uh, they, they, yeah, they got Dustin May is pitching against uh, 
Montez is pitching. Montez? Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, I mean, again, they've got a good – they've got a – yeah, uh, Montez, yeah. He's he's the one that got that got uh, booted for Royds a couple of years ago, right? Frankie Montez? Yes, he did. And I think he pitched opening day, and it didn't go that great. Oh, wow. Again, they had they had it off. They had a rough. Uh, they had a rough weekend, but having to play the Dodgers isn't going to make it any better. Dodgers, and, had, Dodgers had, had their hands full full with uh, Colorado this week, this weekend for sure. Yeah, but you're going to Coors, and it's it's the the opening series. I mean, they took three of four. Yeah, so they got their wins, and then you know you got the Astros. They're going to Anaheim to play. The Angels, so the pretty That's big stretch the for the That's pretty big stretch the for the uh, Astros coming out of the gate here. You get the four wins against uh, the A's, who are a pretty good team, and now you're going to play, you know, the Angels, who I think are, are a pretty good team. I just bet I just bet the Astros too. High total, high total over ten. Take that dog, take that dog. It's it's a no brainer to bet dogs in baseball, Brad. Especially big ones. I know. I know. I look like an idiot because I took the Orioles tonight because that was a high total, and you know I'm getting. Um, it's a plus two twenty, plus two ten. So the only thing I would say to you about that is they're 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 alive dogs, and then they're they're just dogs that I I, I don't. Yeah, but I have my system, and I just do it. I just do no, it. No, I know. But I wouldn't suggest. I wouldn't suggest it against the Orioles against the Yankees. The Yankees have just beaten the hell out of them the last few years. So. I, I, that, that's a, yeah, I'll say every game to own the Red Sox, though. <coughs> What's that? The Orioles seem to own the Red Sox, though. I think year. a lot of teams are going to be owning the Red Sox over yeah, this they team. Look, over, they look terrible. I mean, they, they are up three nothing. They are are up three nothing on the Tampa Bay Rays in Fenway. Nick Pavetta's pitching. Our old friend in Philadelphia, Nick Pavetta. Go go, Nick, because you know that <laughs> we want. We definitely want Tampa Bay to lose. You know, we we still have I still have a healthy respect for that team. Have a healthy respect for Toronto too. I was very impressed with Toronto's bullpen this weekend. I mean, they got some yeah guys. because they lose their they lose their closer and they had a lot of guys step in. Yeah, that guy Merriweather, holy smokes, is he good? And you got to think Pearson's going to get some innings sooner or later. He's a little nicked up from spring training. The Jays are good. I think they're they're right in line. And now they go they go from the Yankees. You know they take two. Would they take two or three from you guys, right? Yeah, three. Now you go to Texas, who is just tragic. I mean, you look at the Rangers lineup, and it's just they it's hit. Really, they did. They did hit against Kansas City, though. Um, sure, but like their pitching still is lost. Their pitching is, their pitching is scary bad, though. Like I know, I talk up the Royals. I know I talked up the Royals lineup, and they can hit because I like Ben Attendee there. I like Carlos Santana there, and, and you Reese. got Blair and 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 uh, Sal Perez. I mean, you got a lot. Perez of guys. is healthy. Whit Merrifield is awesome. Tremendous yeah, no, ball player. They have they have guys who they can hit the ball. There's no question about that. They brought Wade Davis back. And, uh, Prism 280. Do the Red Sox have any elite prospects? I didn't like the return they got from Mookie. No, I don't think anybody liked the return they got from Mookie. It was a, a horrible trade. And uh, no, they they got that they got that first baseman Dalbeck, who's on some some lists. Yeah, he's up now. Dalbeck. Bobby Dalbeck is not bad. He had a he had a really good spring, and I believe last year he had what nine home runs and a hundred at bats. 
I mean, they just have no they have no arms. And then the centerpiece for that trade prism was uh, Alex Verdugo, who I guess Alex, plays right field for them. Alex Verdugo, I, I don't like him. You don't like him? No, I don't think he's all that good. He can't hit. First of all, he can't hit lefties. You know, and and when you start when you start getting guy getting guys who who are only good against righties who can't hit who can't hit pitchers from both sides, you're already you're already starting in a hole. So I mean, he's young enough. Maybe he'll learn. But you know, you don't want guys like that. I mean, you have a you have a shortstop who's a left hand hitting shortstop. Who it doesn't matter who's out there pitching, he crushes from both ends of the plate. In Didi Gregorius, doesn't matter. But a lot of these right. left hitters cannot hit cannot hit lefties. Doesn't seem to the Red Sox. The Red Sox. They kind of just they they have Bogarts and Devers who are. are Really good players. Oh, absolutely. And they have, they have a lot of money tied up in JD Martinez, who Yeah, and they've got they've got they've got 160 million tied up in Chris Sale, and they've got uh 68 million pitch. tied up in, in Nathan Eovaldi. I mean and, and Eduardo Eduardo Perez is uh still is is hurt again. I mean they, 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of uh excuse me, there's a lot of issues with uh with that team for whatever reason they just don't seem to uh it doesn't seem to to work out hey quick question for you what's the deal with soraka and in atlanta when do they when can they expect to see him again i don't know like tore his achilles last year yeah that's a serious injury achilles like i know and he's a i don't know i maybe the back end maybe what are we looking at july with him at the early i mean like I guess it depends if I guess it depends if it was his push off foot or not. I'm not sure which Achilles uh, yeah, he tore. Way, either way, I mean it's a for a pitcher that's a tough injury. But Achilles, I mean, like you got But if he's not fully healthy, I mean, he could end up he can end up screwing up his arm. And then an you know, because they have enough pitching there without him. Obviously he helps a lot. He's a good player, at least he was before the injury. But like you got enough, that's why you go out and you trade for, trade for Morton. Not trade, you sign Morton, and then they've done a great job cultivating their arms from within with Freed and Anderson. I love Ian Anderson. I yeah, think he's he's a, he's, a, he's a Cy Young winner of just waiting to happen. I think, I think he's, he's great. He's good. he's good. But I'll tell you what, the Phillies go getting back to the Phillies. Great job this weekend. I mean, anytime it you wasn't a series, especially against. Against the, the the team that's favored to win the division, that's huge. I mean, especially for them, they needed the Phillies needed to, pr- to prove a point after what happened towards the end of last year. And you know what? They're their bullpen. <laughs> I, I said it on Facebook, and I, I still think this is the case. If the Phillies bullpen can at least be league average, okay, as far as their ERA and and saves and everything like that, they can they can definitely make the playoffs. Okay, it just it can't be it can't be a historically bad bullpen again. That that's just that that can't happen again. Can't be because even if you have the second worst bullpen in MLB history, last last year I've never seen a bullpen give up runs at the at the rate that that bullpen last year gave up runs. I mean, it was it was no, a complete I've joke. Seen, I've never seen a team lose games lose games that there had seven runs in the last inning. It happened twice or three times last year. I think it happened. Did it? Did it happen three times or twice? But I, I remember one against. I think it was against 
Miami, they were ahead seven to nothing in the or, or, or seven to one or something like that in the in the top in the bottom of the seventh inning, and Miami beat them. And I, they did the same thing against somebody else. I just can't remember who it was. But I, I mean, those things those things should never happen. So I mean, if you can, as I said, if you can at least be competitive from what from what I understand, they're going to use. Bradley in the middle in the middle of the bullpen. Uh, he's not going to be a closer yet. They're going to let Neris be the closer, correct? Yeah, it looks like they're going to. I don't even think. I guess Archie Brad. I think he pitched the one game. But uh, Girardi, he he went to Alvarado in the first two games, and he pitched really well. The guy they got from Tampa, who I said was going to be an underrated. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I mean, again, you're, you know, this is this is something. One thing Joe Girardi did very well when he was a uh, manager for the Yankees. He ran his bullpen real well. He never ran it into the ground. He never, he never, he never ever lets guys pitch more than two days in a row. And uh, you know, he he he's very smart about who he brings in. So if you give him any talents at all, he'll figure it out for you. And, like, he's good at, you know, everyone's going to know their role with Joe Girardi. So, like, when that phone rings, the guys are going to know if their name's going to get called or not. Whereas with Gabe, you know, it was just kind of uh, play it by ear, just no plan whatsoever. Because baseball players are creatures of habit. You know this. You've been watching the game forever. Oh, yeah. No, he'll they'll get to a point. The Phillies bullpen this year will get to a point where every time that phone rings – they know who's going to be getting up. They know who's getting, they'll be getting up before they're even told because they'll know who it's going to be. And that's the way you run a bullpen. Bob Brinkman's in the house. Let's hope for a great game tonight. I think we're going to get a good game tonight. I really do. Yeah, I think it's going to be close. A blowout of the panel. Frank likes Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga. I could see like 70, 79, 75 Gonzaga. I like, uh, and I like the under as well. But Brad, let's get to let's get to this NFL trade in our, our last uh, few minutes here. So stay tuned for Flight Zone uh, coming up right after this. I'm sure they'll have a, a lot of reactions to the trade and how it affects the Eagles because I have a mock draft up here. Ryan Wilson, it was updated today. This is the only one I could find that had takes the Sam Darnold trade into account. Into consideration. Correct. I guess the yeah, other the other guys. It kind of it kind of changes it changes that it it makes everything a lot more clear now, especially in the first few picks. Uh, Sam Darnold goes to the uh, to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth round pick this year, and then next next season it's going to be a two and a four. So that pretty much, and from what I understand, that's fair. That's fair value based on what the Eagles got for Carson, because Carson Wentz is better than Sam Darnold, even though I like oh, Sam. Oh Darnold. yeah. I like Sam Darnold too, but he's never he never he never had a year like Carson Wentz did the did did when they went to the Super Bowl. Come on, I mean he's he he was never a he was never at that level. I mean he's shown glimpses, and that's it. That's and, it. You know, I think it's going to work there, and then, and then I think that well, Carolina they have a lot of the same needs as the Eagles at twelve. They need receivers. And, well, yeah, the Eagles need receivers too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, it looks like the top three picks, are, and I love what because the Carolina Panthers they they picked they had a great draft in Matt Rule's first season, 
I know they didn't have the greatest season last year, uh, but Christian McCaffrey was hurt. You know, they lose Curtis Samuel to the Washington football team, so it sets up really well for them to grab one of these top four elite playmakers that we were talking about last week. Uh, this guy, Ryan Wilson on CBS, he has him grabbing uh, Jalen Waddle at the eighth pick. Well, I think they're going to have pretty much their choice of who they want. Because you have to figure right now, the 49ers moved up to three. They're going to pick a quarterback. Probably they're going to go with the guy from Alabama. It okay. seems like there's a lot of smoke there, but it's Lions season, so you never know like what they're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they could they could go with Fields uh, uh, from Ohio State, but first two pretty much pretty much gimmies. I mean, Wilson's gonna be the uh, for the Jets. They they've made no bones about how much they like him, and uh, at least Joe Douglas has made no bones about it. And uh, uh, we all know who uh, <laughs> who Jacksonville's gonna pick, so we just we we move on. And then we go to the uh, we go to the third, and the third it's either going to be it's going to be a quarterback for San Francisco. It's going to be one of those two, uh, you know. So then you get then you go to number four, who's what Atlanta? Atlanta, Atlanta's not picking a quarterback. They have too many. They have too many yeah, needs, and Matt Ryan can still they'll play. Probably, they'll probably go defense because their defense is pathetic. Then you have then you have Cincinnati. They're not going to pick a quarterback. They just picked Joe Burrow, who no, unfortunately got hurt. They'll pick a receiver. Because they let they let Green go, so he'll, they'll probably pick a you receiver. Could, you could pick Sewell from could, Oregon. They, yeah, they could pick an offensive lineman though, so that uh, their quarterback doesn't get killed. I mean, part of the reason uh, Joe Burrow is hurt is because no one could block for him. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, that could go either way. Who's picking sixth? I I don't remember. Off the sixth top. was the Eagles. So then the, the Dolphins traded down, and then they got back up. All right, so the Dolphins, they're, they're going to pick sixth. They'll probably pick a receiver. They'll probably pick they're going to pick end. a playmaker. I think they'll pick the tight end because it's a lot harder to find a top quality tight end than it is a receiver. It's, then at seven, you have Detroit, who just traded for Goff. This guy hasn't picking Fields. I, I don't buy that at all. No, I, I think I think with Detroit, you you're going to see either an offense. Sertan, I think Sertan makes sense there. Or, Maybe this yeah. kid from Northwestern, Parsons. Yeah, either 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 they're going to either they're going to go with an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, one or the other. Really, not a defensive lineman draft. I mean, the, the, these guys don't really have a defensive lineman going. The no. guy who updated today, he doesn't have a. D lineman go until twenty two to the Titans. Oh wow! Okay. Witty Pie out of out of uh, out of Michigan. Uh, this other guy has Jalen Phillips out of Miami going fourteenth to Minnesota. Jalen Phillips is a good player. Uh, that's a good prospect. That's a guy yeah, to keep your eye on. That's a pick him at seven. That's a reach. That's a that's a gold star. That's a gold star Brinkman scouting pick he right could, there. Jalen Phillips out of Miami. That's a, guy, that's a guy that could end up with the Giants. I think it would be a good pick. I, I think it's a pick. I think it's a pick that might meet some resistance because it's not like one of the the household names that you know everyone's that, talking about. That be, like that could be a giant defensive lineman very very easily because I know that they want a uh, I know they want an ed- an edge rusher in the worst way, and 
you know, Gettleman was unable to secure one of those. Uh, could be interesting. So you so look you at it. Let, let, let's look at it. So the first three are going to be quarterbacks. Atlanta's not a – I wouldn't pick a quarterback if I'm Atlanta. I'm not picking a quarterback from Cincinnati. Uh, the Dolphins have their guy with Tua. Uh, the Lions just got Fields. or I'm sorry, the Lions got – the mock draft. Yeah, I look at it. They got yeah. the mock draft. I haven't t- hasn't taken fields. Right. Carolina. So that's not a quarter. So that's one, two, three, four, five picks in a row. That's not picking a quarterback. There's a lot of smoke around Denver picking a quarterback. But I like Drew Locke. I'm interested to see what he can do with that that young skill position core. Uh, with a with a proper offseason. Yeah, I think Denver. I could see Denver getting a receiver. They love getting receivers there. Um. I could see them drafting a receiver, most definitely. And then, and then you look at ten and eleven are division rivals in Sertan. Uh, it, yeah, I keep reading. I keep reading the stupid names on the mock draft, and not who the quarterback is. The Cowboys have Dak. They just gave Dak a buttload of money. They're not picking a quarterback, and they're not and, picking. A, and they're not picking a receiver either, Rob. And the Giants. The Giants aren't picking a quarterback because the jury's still out on Daniel Jones, who's shown signs that he can maybe be a quarterback, a franchise quarterback. He'll either pick a receiver or an offensive lineman. So that's that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks in a row leading up to the Eagles that I don't think are going to be quarterbacks. I think which leads me which which leads me back to why. Why would you trade out of six? I think one of those guys will end. I think one of the uh, four playmakers receivers will be available when the Eagles draft. And it seems like Devonta Smith is going to be that guy. He seems to be Waddle's been consensusly over him in the in the mock drafts. But I mean, they don't really the mock drafts. They don't really mean anything. No, it's just for fodder for us to talk about. Yeah, on I mean, the internet and the computer. I mean, between but, Smith, Chase, Pitts, and uh, who's the other one? Who am I leaving out? Waddle. Waddle. Okay, so between those four guys, uh, I think I think well, I think one of them will be there for the Eagles. I think one of them is going to be there for the Giants too. Why? But now we're thinking. We're thinking they might be. Yeah, we think but if they're not, but like if they're not. And you got to take like this. This uh, Ryan Wilson on CBS Sports, he has the Eagles taking Rashawn Slater at twelve, who I like. Big Ten senior offensive lineman can play. Looks like he can project out to play any position you want to on the on the offensive line. That's not, that's not a pick. I like the but you could you could you could definitely use to fix your offensive line. Your offensive line was was not good last year. I need weapons, though. I need weapons for my quarterback. I need weapons, especially if you don't believe in them. But you can get weapons in the second round. I mean, I hear you on that. I I do hear you because we just talked about the top of the show. Yeah, second and third round, you you can get good offensive players in the second and third round. You know, I mean, listen, when you get to the fourth and fifth round, then you're starting to then you're starting to to, to drive. Why not? But I don't understand. Why not just pick at six and then move thirty seven down? Start your trade back from there to get more assets. I don't know. I, uh, maybe I they're. Think they, I think they screwed the pooch on. I think they traded too far back, and I don't think they're going to get one of these playmakers, which I, I desperately want because I, 
look, I hear you. Everyone wants to list out the Eagles' needs, and I hear you. It's a bad football team. It's an aging roster, and, and they've drafted poorly over the last five, six years under Howie. So but if they put an offensive lineman, that'll check one of the boxes. I got, I got to see if Dillard can play. Look, I'm not going to be good next year. I know that. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the it, the problem the problem is you. you I got to I got to see I got to see if Jordan Malata can play an off started offensive line at either guard or tackle over a sixteen game season. I got to find out if Dillard can play in this league over a sixteen game season. You know, so like an offensive line pick, while fundamentally sound as it is, because you went up front in the trenches, I can't argue with that. But like, that doesn't. That doesn't do anything for me as an excite from an excitement level standpoint when it comes to this rebuild. Which, by the way, with all the assets they have, you should be down this year like a four, three, four win football team. The Eagles might not win a game next year. That's how dreadful I think they could possibly be. Yeah, listen, if Jacksonville doesn't didn't go zero and sixteen, the Eagles won't won't be that bad. Either. I mean, they'll steal one. I'm just kind of being you know doom and gloom, Negadelphia yeah, okay. with with that statement, but. Giants last year. I I could see I could see five and five and twelve. That's right because we got the extra Who's, game. Who are they playing in the extra game? We got the Jets. Yeah, we got the Dolphins. <laughs> so you, you you have a chance to win to beat the Jets most definitely. I don't think the Eagles are going to be favored in many football. Dylan uh, Hurts is just. Unless Jalen Hurts is just, you know, the second coming and it's just the greatest thing since sliced bread, which I don't see at all. The Eagles aren't going to be favored in many football games. Like Rashawn Slater, an offensive line. I like Rashawn Slater. I think he's he's a good player. Because Northwestern, they, they've been overachieving there under this coach, and it's because of guys like Rashawn Slater. He's tough up front. And he's Big Ten tested. Well, I mean, all the Big Ten, it seems with the Big Ten, their, their linemen are always good. The linemen always seems to be always seem to be very good out of out of the Big Ten. Now their their skill players sometimes leave a bit to be desired, but it seems like the like the linemen, the defensive linemen, the offensive linemen, uh, the defensive players as well. They always seem to be pretty good coming out of uh, the Big Ten. Because I think I think Dallas is going to take Sertan. Jerry likes Jerry. If he's there, I don't know. I mean, I think Atlanta might pick him. Atlanta's defense was a bad pick. Like Jace Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. Like I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to do a backflip if they take Jace Horn at at, at 12. I'm I'm not doing that. And you look at like Jalen Phillips, who I said was a gold star Brinkman uh, scout, but like, I'm not picking him at 12 and feeling great about it. Caleb Farley, he's got a bad back already. He's 22 years old with a bad back. Like, no thanks. And by the way, uh, your last gold star pick was, uh, Justin Jefferson, who ended up being, yeah, I got a couple gold star pick. I throw them up on Facebook here and there. Uh, yeah, the two running backs out of the, the, the two running backs out of North Carolina. I absolutely love, I love Javante Williams. I think he's just going to be, I love his running style. I think he's an underrated pass catcher. I think he can do it all for you. And you know, I'm not a Miles Sanders guy. No, we've we we have heard that very loud and clear. Uh, with but like you got, and then you got this safety at a TCU that I love, Trayvon Mo Ring. 
Uh, I apologize if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I think he's going to be a, a really good player. Carlos Basham out of out of Wake Forest. He's a defensive lineman. He's an edge rusher. He absolutely dominated at the Senior Bowl, which is a big indicator to me about who's going to be good. Or not. Oh, yeah. if you can excel if you can excel against your peers at a high level. I think that that's that's a big indicator. And then you got Jalen Mayfield. He's an offensive tackle out of Michigan. I mean, the, the track record for Michigan offensive linemen is extensive. And I, I don't like to go to that because every case is different. But, I mean, when it happens year after year, you could say that with the, the Ohio State quarterbacks too. They, they don't really pan out. but No, but, you know, it's going to be a first time. There's a first time for everything. Maybe they can. Maybe the, maybe the Eagles. Maybe they're going to trade back again. Nah, and just really and just really go. I mean, look. If I don't have one of those four playmakers on the board at twelve, I'm moving back again. I am, and I'm going to take take my boy Jalen Phillips, or I'm going to take my boy Javante Williams. You could probably get him at pick thirty-seven, but he would be very high on my draft board. And if I missed on him, I would take his teammate uh, Michael Carter who's very good, very good as well. But like Kadarius Tooney, wide receiver out of Florida, I'm supposed to be doing a backflip over him if the Eagles wind up with him as their first-round pick? No. I don't think if they don't if they can't get one of the playmakers, I don't think they're going to get a wide receiver. I think they're going to go offensive or defensive line. But not, off, not defensive line, I'm sorry, linebacker most likely. Maybe a corner. That leaves you, that leaves you with Parsons. I mean, it makes me nervous that he sat out last year. I'd be much more excited for a Mika Parsons pick if he, <coughs> excuse me, if he didn't sit out last year. I don't I know something about it. Something about it just that, that doesn't sit right with me. That I wouldn't be so guys worried about. Out. I wouldn't be so worried about that sitting out. That sitting out last year, I really wouldn't because you know what. I think it might be a blessing in disguise for some of these kids. You know, I mean, it, their bodies, their bodies, uh, say, you save a year of punishment on their bodies. I don't think it's necessarily that bad a thing. I mean, I know, I know they're young and I get that. And then I know they need the playing time. I get all that. But, you know, it's sometimes, sometimes it's not a bad thing for them to have less is more. You know, because I mean, um you get beat up playing college football. Let's be honest. And I'm really nervous because I think that the Cowboys, the Washington team, and the Giants, they're all right there. They're all right there. You got to think Dallas. I would peg Dallas as the favorites here on April 5th just because they have the best quarterback. I, I, can't, he, I, can't, dis I can't disagree with you, although I do like what the Giants did in free agency. I think they did extremely well. Uh, They're right there. I mean, and then, you know, if Devonta Smith is there at 11, like how can the Giants not pick him for Daniel Jones? Oh, I think they would. If, if, if Devonta Smith is still there, yeah, I think they will. I think if, if him or Chase or Waddle or Pitt, I think if any one of those guys are there, I think that, I think the Giants will pick him up. Again, it, we'll we'll see if they're there. They may not be, and if they're not there, uh, that defensive lineman you were talking about, the the defensive end, 
you might see him get drafted or the Giants might go and try to get to beef up their offensive line, which they definitely need to do as well. Bob Brinkman, we need a playmaker, a wide receiver. If we get Smith, that will be good because he can return punts as well. Well, I mean, you just pick the guy who can return punts and you put him back there one time against the Green Bay Packers in uh, in Green Bay and he ran the punt back and then he never went back there again. They just put Greg Ward back there. Greg Ward, I mean, I know everyone likes him because he's a former quarterback and he's, he's carved out a nice little spot for himself in this league, but uh, Greg Ward is not winning you a championship as a slot receiver. He's, he's a fourth, fifth, sixth receiver on a good, good team. Yeah. We still it's, have, it's pronounced more, more We still have gotten an answer as far as whether Deshaun Watson gets traded. Uh, we he's don't up know. to 22. He's up to 22. I don't think anybody's going to trade for Deshaun Watson with this legal stuff hanging over his head. He's up to 22 lawsuits against him for sexual misconduct. Hard to prove that, though. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't doubt it because I think where there's smoke, there's fire. But it's still hard. Yeah, to I mean, it's to the point now where, like, yeah. what's going on? Like, you yeah, did something. I mean, yeah, he's he's obviously he's obviously abusive to women. We 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 get that. So I just I just don't know what's going to go on with him, and I don't know what's going to go on with uh, with the. Who, what's his name? Uh, what? The guy in the Seattle. Russell Wilson? Yeah, Russ Wilson. Uh, Look, we, I think he was just frustrated because he's getting hit a lot. But, I mean, and, you know, they kind of – they have not going to end up getting traded to New Orleans because I, I would hate to see that. That would drive me nuts. And Bob Brainwood, we don't need O-line. I agree with I agree with Bob. I think that I think the offensive line is good enough. Ooh, I think I you got to see. I, I think you got to see. But Brad, I can't. Year. I I think I have bigger needs in offensive line from the Philadelphia Eagles. I do. You do. You need you need receivers. You could use another tight end. Uh, you could use a running back. You definitely. There's definitely. You know what I'm surprised at? Nobody signed Wayne Gallman from the Giants. Really surprised nobody signed him. He was he was very good last year for them. Yeah, but he's a guy. He's just going to sit there because nobody value, values running backs, and then someone will sign him before training camp. And you're right, he's a good player. Yeah, and he's good. He's he's gonna, you know, somebody's going to sign him. You're right before training camp. Won't get a TC, lot of money. innocent until innocent seven hundred yards for him. He's, innocent he's, until proven guilty and charge of I mean TC I mean teach your own but are you gonna give up three first round picks and a couple starters and then have, find out you know he's, he's out for eight games or God forbid he's going to jail because he did something he wasn't supposed to I mean that's just way too big a risk to take with all that with all that capital yeah I mean considering they're gonna want multiple first round picks for him I mean you know yeah, in prison Prison it's 280, I mean, Merrick. You know, I mean, it, or, or, or the PR these days, I mean, you know, with, with guys, with, with, you know, with abusing women, I mean, you know, that's, that's not going to, that's not going to look good. That's going to look really bad. I don't think anybody really can afford to take that kind of a chance. 
I mean, TC, I mean, that's all fine and good. You want to say innocent until proven guilty. That's not the way it works, especially when you're a public figure and especially in this cancel culture we got going on. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying he's guilty or not guilty, but I mean, a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke around Mr. Watson right now. And yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, just, I wouldn't because just because a lot of women are suing him, that doesn't necessarily mean that he even knows half these women. Some of them, some of them may have just jumped on the, uh, on the bandwagon. So well, I the Phillies, the Phillies have the Grom out of the game. The bullpen is going to come in. Phillies down two nothing. Oh, they're in the game. Maybe they can, maybe they can get get something going. I, I'd like to see see a, a five spot. What what is it, the seventh? Kind of lost track here. Top seven. Okay, Yankees at top eight, seven nothing over. No, I'm sorry, bottom eight. Uh, seven nothing over Baltimore. So it looks like you're gonna they're they're gonna pick up their second win of the year. But just to we'll wrap it up soon. Flight Zone will be coming up right after us, and and obviously the national championship is gonna be underway here in just a few minutes. But like the Eagles, they have they they are buried here in, in what was the worst division in the history of football last year, behind three teams. And it's going to be a tough year. They have to have a good draft because I trust Gettleman to have a good draft. I do. I know. He I know he's not he's been okay with the drafting. He's been okay. I know everyone likes to get on Gettleman because I think he's a pretty good GM. And you know, the Cowboys since Stephen Jones have taken has taken over for his father. They've been doing well, and I, and I totally trust Rivera in Washington. Yeah, well, he's he's a defensive-minded coach, and you got a team who has a very good defensive boy. How about this Nick Net game, 108-103, with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter for the Nets. So the Knicks are in that game. They're in it. And and these guys in Brooklyn, they got to play together. They got to know, like, they, they got to play together. They got to realize that there's not going to be three basketballs on the court at once, and they all need to know – what situations they need to let the other guy take over. Well, I'm, which just, is looking, a thing. I'm just looking at the lineups. Uh, Harden only played four minutes. I wonder if he re-injured himself. Uh, Irving played I don't, root for, I don't root for injuries because I'm not a crumb like that, but. Durant, <laughs> Durant didn't play, but I wonder if Harden got hurt again. Anyway, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Hounds. National Championship coming up. Uh, it should be a great one. Everyone enjoy the game. Flight Zone's coming up uh, right here exclusively on A2D Radio. Uh, we'll have trade deadline, NHL trade deadline, wall-to-wall coverage for you next week. Next Monday at 3 o'clock is the trade deadline. Hopefully the Flyers do something. I think they have to do something. He's Brad Ryer. I'm Rob Brinkman. Thank you to Frank Vesby for producing. Peace out, everybody.